Connecting life and faith. This is Connections. You're losing your best friend little by little. I had to retire him from his job. And in the beginning, he was at home alone and I kept working and it seemed like things were going okay. There's such a stigma with the disease and often people don't want to talk about it or share what they're going through. But Herb is so open. And when I asked him if he wanted our story to be told, he said, yeah, maybe it'll help somebody else. And that's exactly what Linda Weave is doing today. She is sharing her family's story in hopes of helping others. January is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. Now, the Weebs family was impacted by Alzheimer's when Herb was diagnosed with Alzheimer's in September of 2019. Today on Connections, Linda will share their journey through Alzheimer's, how it has impacted their family, and how their faith has helped them along the way. So January is Alzheimer's Awareness Month. You have a powerful story amongst your own family. We want to get to know you a little bit better before we go down this road and learn about your journey. Tell us a little bit about your family. Okay, well, um, Herb and I met uh, and we got married when I was 18 and he was 20. And we were very fortunate to be able to have two sons. And um, they both live far away. So that has been part of the struggle with this whole thing. Our oldest son and his family live in El Paso, Texas, and our youngest son and his wife just moved back to Canada from after living in Germany. So um, we served as missionaries with three missions and lived in three other countries besides Canada. We moved 23 times, um, but I always had my best friend with me. So, you know, that was, the best part of everything herb is he's mr adventure and so i would say it's all his fault <laughs> <laughs> he dragged you everywhere hey? <laughs> pretty much everywhere tell us a little bit more about herb and when you guys got married how long you've been married how you met well um for me it was love at first sight <laughs> um, he was actually dating another girl so i had to wait till <laughs> <laughs> that ended. And, um, in May, we'll be married 46 years. Wow. Oh, that's pretty cool. And people didn't think it was going to work because we pretty much got engaged in December, married in May. We were 18 and 20. And I think we shocked a few people that were still married after all these years. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, four decades, four and a half decades of marriage and ministry together, serving all over the world. And, um, but January's Alzheimer's Awareness Month and, um, Herb is, uh, suffering from that. Tell us a little bit about when you first started noticing that things weren't quite right anymore. I would say over eight years ago, we started to notice that there was something wrong and so in the beginning, I was trying to rule out a brain tumor or anything like that, right? So started going the route of neurologists and uh, CT scans and, and all kinds of things like that. It's, it's a long process to actually to figure out, like, what, what is wrong with your, your loved one. Um, it took till 2019 to finally get um, an official diagnosis of Alzheimer's and Lewy body dementia. Um, so Herb has two, which makes it a lot tougher. Um, I remember us getting into the car 
after getting the diagnosis, holding hands, driving, and just weeping. Um, part of it was just um, relief, I guess, to finally have an answer because things were just getting worse. Um, I have the best medical doctor who, who told me right away, get involved with the Alzheimer's Society and, and mental health, home care, um, and began the process of regular assessments. And um, actually, while Herb was still cognitively well enough, he actually chose the personal care home that he was going to go into. As a floor installer, he had worked in so many <laughs> that he knew what they were all like. And so um, I, I'm very proud of that, that he still could make that decision himself. What were some of the first things that you noticed when he started to deteriorate? He would make promises that he didn't keep. He would say he was going to do one thing. He would do another. Um, he just, he was off. Like he would start to do something and not be able to finish. He would say someone had said something, but it hadn't happened. He wouldn't recognize all of a sudden, he wouldn't recognize people. An example was we were at the beach, and this was, man, like five years ago, six years ago. And this couple walks towards us, and he's convinced there are these people, and he's talking to them, and they're backing up and moving away. And hmm. he remembered, like, they looked just like a couple we met 20 years ago. But I could not convince him that it wasn't them. And... Just like a lot of odd things like that. That just didn't make any sense. As his wife and best friend, what was that like to watch that? You know, I think there's um, there's fear. There's like where you just you just can't believe it's happening. And then you think, is it me? And did I misunderstand? Um, you're losing your best friend little by little. Um I had to retire him from his job, um, and in the beginning, he was at home alone, and I kept working, and it seemed like things were going okay. There's such a stigma with the disease, and often people don't want to uh, talk about it or share what they're going through, but Herb is so open, and when I asked him if he wanted our story to be told, he said, yeah, maybe it'll help somebody else. So there were two articles that was were done on him by the Carillon News, um, one for Alzheimer's Awareness Month three years ago, and then he got a hole in one with his, it was, uh, he went uh, golfing with two of his caregivers and got a hole in one, so he did an article on that. <laughs> That's <laughs> his golf. Like, even now, when I go to do his laundry or check his laundry, he's got golf tees in his pocket. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel he and I would be very good friends then. So, <laughs> John. And then I made a Facebook page called um, Our Journey with Alzheimer's. And I started that just because it was easier to tell my friends and stuff on our Facebook page, um, Our Journey with Alzheimer's, than to be, um, you know, trying to communicate. But in a way, it's been really amazing because there's a lot of people that have private messaged me and um, it's given people an opening to be able to share and, and I can 
like point them in the, the same direction that I went, the people that helped me. And I think that's that's totally you have to ask for help and advice. So the COVID restrictions were really brutal though for us too. When a person doesn't have understanding, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. That must be so difficult, right? They just adds to the confusion even then. Right. And so did you see a lot of setbacks then during that kind of time and, and with those kind of things happening? I would say he declined faster Mm. because all of a sudden, you know, um going to church now is is limited going out with friends um not being able to go places so um yeah that that was really tough and then in august of 2020 um we knew he couldn't be left alone anymore and uh we actually had to take his his license away and again, I'm so proud of him because his license was coming due in October. And I said to him, do you want to be the one that makes the decision to give up your license? Or do you want someone else making that decision for you? And he said, after about a week of thinking about it, he decided that he would give up his license without it becoming like a, a demand. Mm. So that made me very proud, it, it, you know he realized that he didn't want to hurt anybody else, right? With his I'm, drive. I'm curious, um, as you went through this, and especially maybe when you both found out initially early on, I'm wondering about what your reaction was and what your faith was like. I mean, you've spent decades serving God, following him obediently all over the world. I imagine you've given up everything more than once <laughs> to serve God. And then this is what happens to you. So I'm wondering what your faith was like. Was there anger towards God, confusion, or was your faith something that helped you accept it that much easier for either of you? I think because of all the ways that he proved himself to us while we were missionaries, because we, we were in Bogota, Colombia during the years of the bombings and the violence and, um, so our faith was tested in in many ways during that time, and we saw him uh, protect us and look after us. So that was that was huge. Um, the thing is, Herb doesn't remember anymore uh, things like that. But um, we try to pray together. He, he, sometimes he can still pray, sometimes he can't. But I think as a family. Uh, our our faith has kept us going because we know that like there's got to be a purpose. And even when he wanted the Facebook page and the articles, he was still thinking about, can this help someone else? Can our story help someone else? And um, he is not bitter. I have had some times in the car when I've driven to work where I've had like where I've been screaming and um you know, trying to figure out, like, uh, how, how are we going to do this? The good thing is, like, in Manitoba, we have an option called self and family managed care where you can you can take over the care of your spouse through home care. And I opted to do that. For me, it was so huge that Herb's quality of life still be, like, very good. And so I hired... Um, 
men, and I had one nursing student for a while. I wanted um, men with the interests that he had. So his brother did one day a week, and then I had a young man named Mac, and then I had a part-time Brad and a Maddie for a while. Um, in fall of 2021, the Louis body dementia got completely out of control, and um, Mac, my full-time caregiver, and I, we couldn't even keep up with the changes. And our son's living far away. They're emotionally very supportive and have always, like, backed me on everything. Um, but Louis body dementia is, is um, different in the sense that the person can switch on a dime and he got really taken advantage of by telemarketers and others because like he just didn't, he just trusted everybody. He'll talk to, he would talk to any stranger. He had no filter. So it made it awkward going places. I was in a grocery store and I was trying to control him because he was wanting to help everybody as if he was the store manager. And I, I brought him and I brought him to my cart and asked him to hang on to the cart. And a guy walked by and said the most horrible things to me. Of course, he didn't know the situation I was dealing with, but because Herb looks fine, like you would never know to look at him that there's anything wrong with him. Um, but it's his behavior and things like that. So we actually put a tracker on Herb so that we could give him more independence uh, but there was a few times where he took off on us and the tracker malfunctioned. And my Facebook page actually helped because people in my community uh, were on my Facebook page and they helped me find him. And there were people that were in the community very aware. And so if they would see him by himself, they would would react so that, you know, he would he would be kept safe. So that that's mm -hmm. very helpful. You mentioned something that a lot of us forget, and that's Alzheimer's and dementia. These are things that are invisible to the to the outsider. You don't see that. It's a good reminder that we never know what's going on. You know, we've been very fortunate that um, with the different assessments and the new medications, they were able to get her stabilized enough that um, when the, they called with for the home, that he was actually... Um, stable enough that they could take them. If a person is um, too hard to manage, then there's limitations on which homes will take them. So I'm just really thankful that we got everything worked out. Uh, it was a hard realization to come to the place where um, his level of care was um, more than I could deal with. I was so burnt out. Um, I was going on over two full years of limited sleep doing to the Lewy body dementia. Um, he had vivid dreams, hallucinations, delusions, paranoia, night wandering. I had alarms on my doors, sensor lights in the house. Um, like, you know, I did everything to try to keep him safe. But in the meantime, I uh, am burnt out and I'm also suffering from caregiver PTSD so seeing a counselor now you know when a person gets Alzheimer's or dementia it does affect the entire family my boys were far away but they were scared of what could happen um, 
So now Herb has been in a, a personal care home for six months, just over six months. And the first four months were the worst probably experience of my entire life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, watching How, him pack up. Heartbreaking. and Yeah, well, he would pack up. He wouldn't understand why he was there. I'd walk to his room and it was completely dismantled. Um, he's 6'2", he's about 220 pounds. He's very physically strong. And um, I'm just really thankful uh, for the staff. They are absolutely amazing. Coming home though, after, it's really weird, but um when I came home, I our bedroom just became the worst room to walk into. And um, in October, a friend came out. We rearranged the furniture, got all new bedding, packed up his clothes, just put it away, and um, working on the process of sleeping again. It doesn't just happen overnight. It's, it's yeah, it's, it's a, quite the journey. What do you think? What do we need to know about um, caregivers? Like when I say we, I mean everybody that's not dealing with this. How do we help our friends that are going through it or our congregants at church, you know, and things like that? What do you need people to know? They need to know that the caregiver's journey is psychologically painful, physically exhausting, and it's long and slow. Um, I would say that... um, it's probably the loneliest journey because you're doing everything for the loved one and you're forgetting to take care of yourself. And I'm, I, there's the Alzheimer's support group that I'm in. I, I noticed that everybody's family member is going through something, a different type of Alzheimer's or dementia, but as caregivers, I would say we have so much in common. And um, I think that, Caregivers need to find a support group because you need to find a community that understands you and gives credibility to your feelings. Um, And you need to find a support group outside of family or friends because you want to be understood without having to explain why you feel the way you do. And I think it's good for the community to know that this greatly affects the finances and the health of the caregiver. Um, Because I wanted Herb to have quality of life, I denied him nothing as far as activities because I knew that it was a short span, right? And I think another way that the community can help caregivers is um, understand that we're going through a burnout and PTSD. You can't watch your spouse or loved one go through some of these horrific experiences and not have it impact your heart and your memories. I mean, I'm going through flashbacks and um, things like that, remembering like the worst experiences. But there's one book that um, helped me so much. It's by Dr. Uh, Pauline Boss. It's called Loving Someone Who Has Dementia, How to Find Hope While Coping with Stress and Grief. And I would say if there's a family member, um, that is a good, really good book to educate you on. If you're a caregiver, what the book does is it gives you permission to acknowledge your feelings, your emotions, and um, just educate you on what the future is going to look like. Because, and um, 
The Robin Williams documentary Sparks, when I watched that, I was shaking my head the entire time. What an amazing little documentary. It's 45 minutes long. But wow. And, uh, you know, there are tools out there, things that you can see and watch. But, and I, I guess I want to say one thing. And, and um, if a caregiver tells you they need help, listen. Things are probably much worse than what they're telling you. What would you say to the caregiver out there right now that might be in the middle of what you were going through that is just sitting there listening in tears right now thinking this is what I'm going through right now? What would you say to them? I would say a huge shout out to every caregiver out there that's barely hanging on. Um, you are you are not alone. This is a journey that you you do feel that you're alone, but ask for advice, ask for help. Don't isolate yourself. And you have to take care of yourself. If you don't take care of yourself, you can't look after your loved one. And um, speaking from experience, it's hard because you're you're always waiting. You're waiting for the next step, the next assessment. Um and uh it's it's really uh, totally out of your control but prayer and worship um i would often in the middle of the night come sit into the living room and put my earplug ear pods in and i would just listen to worship music for an hour two hours till i could settle myself down and go back to bed um yeah i just think you prayer and just yeah you have to just know that you're not alone I mean the Lord promises to never leave us or forsake us and and I stand on that and I remind her of that almost every day so how has the church been with your family in all of this I would say that we have some faithful people from church that visit him and um, I think that's a big way that the church or people can help is go visit the person that's in the personal care home. Um, the church has been very supportive in, in, I would say we have a core group of friends that have just really surrounded us. Um, the church family has, has helped with encouragement, but again, with COVID for that really kind of impacted the whole process, because by the time they saw him again, he had declined so much that it got to a point where taking him to church was just very uncomfortable. Especially when we had these um, like restrictions, right? What would you say is the biggest misconception with Alzheimer's? Um, I think the biggest misconception is that Somehow the person should know better. And um, dementia and Alzheimer's, there is no cure. This is like we are saying a slow goodbye to our loved one. And they can't help the things they do. What I found hard is if I would say to talk to someone about um, the things that were happening in our home and they would say, well, you know, he doesn't mean it. 
But if you're the caregiver receiving the verbal, emotional, and some, for sometimes for people, physical abuse, that's really not what we need to hear. We know that the person, our loved one, doesn't mean it because it's the disease. But we're human and the words still hurt and the action still hurts because it's like, who is this person? I don't know who this person is. I'm living with a stranger. And so I don't think people understand the the fear that comes with it because you don't know what's coming next. And like I said, he could turn on a dime. Um, so I, you know, it's just that driving home from work, not knowing what I'm walking into and meeting the caregiver in the garage and debriefing a bit about the day and then walking in knowing that um, it's going to be a rough evening. At the end of the day, what do you hope people are going to take away from this? And what do you hope that or what do you feel that Herb would want our listeners to take away from your journey and from your conversation today? That the person in there, every now and then, there's glimpses of of him. And I think it's just to help keep the memories alive for that person. It doesn't help to ask him questions because he'll just say, I don't know. But I love telling him stories. And I tell him, do you know that you did this? And then he's like, really? And I just tell him stories and do everything to build up that person um, and visit them. Tell them stories. Tell them about your day. Pull out your phone. Show them a picture of the fish you caught, ice fishing or whatever, right? Like, And it doesn't have to be a long visit, but keep, keep um, the social part. Like Herb was so relational. And I think that's the hard part, right? Is that now you're isolated. You're with other people who are in the same mental state that you're in. And he doesn't have the stimulation of conversation that, that I know he needs, even if he doesn't understand anything. At the moment, it's still touching him in his spirit. For our listeners that may want to learn more about their journey, is there a way that they can connect with you? Yes, I guess the best would be my Facebook page, Our Journey with Alzheimer's, or with just Linda Weep. Um, and I'd love to be able to just share or encourage anyone that's going through this as a caregiver, because my vows, like, I love her more than ever. And um, there's a part of me, I think that's why I'm suffering so much is uh, this, you know, like yesterday he teased me and said, I, I, I uh, grabbed him, pushed him down on the bed and just gave him a big smooch. And he <laughs> said to me, who are you? And I went, what? And he said, don't you tease me like that. <laughs> no, that's reality. That's going to probably happen someday. He's not going to know who, who I am. So, yeah, I go every day pretty much to see him. And, um, yeah, and the, the changes are, you know, they're coming faster than 
I would like to to admit, but our kids came out around Christmas time, so he didn't recognize my daughter-in-law. Um, he didn't always recognize the boys. Um, you know, it's watching all of that happen, right? It's just very sad. Well, I appreciate you sharing your journey with us and with our audience. We do appreciate it very much. Oh, thank you. And thank you so much for joining us and for listening today. Don't forget to subscribe. We'll talk to you again on Connections.